Hi, welcome to the Word of Lord Russell. My name is Vinita yes. Peach, and uh, I own and run the marketing agency, marketing and communications agency, Peach Revolution. And uh, once again, we've got our guest, Lord Russell Baker. So we get to talk about his book, My Way, his autobiography. So, Lord Russell, welcome. Yes, good afternoon What's again, Venetia. Good afternoon. And what a fabulous day it is, too. So, it's not a very bright afternoon, unfortunately, but we make do. We make do. It's summer almost. It's good. Yeah, almost summer. So, we've got lots to talk about. And uh, this time, I've been thinking about one specific episode, and that was your encounter with Mr. Farr oh, in Bulgaria. Yes. yes, so that was very intriguing and uh, really a James Bond episode. <laughs> <laughs> very much a James Bond episode, I can tell you. I remember that particular trip very, very well indeed. Fantastic, absolutely amazing trip. So, yes. um, yeah, I was working for Reuters at the time. And, uh, yes, no, you... That was 1990. Yeah. Okay. So a long time ago. Um, but uh, one of those trips that I, oh, heavens above, um, Reuters booked all my travel for me, Venetia, everywhere I went, all booked, all the hotels booked. Okay. Nothing, nothing can go wrong, can it? Well, yeah. it does. So uh, <laughs> I do remember I traveled from Heathrow to Frankfurt. No problem at all. That went swimmingly well. Got on a flight from Frankfurt to Sofia International and no problems at all. Well, this is good. Mm -hmm. I took a short stroll around to the domestic departure lounge at Sofia to what I was hoping was going to be my flight to Varna on the Black Sea. Yeah. And, of course, I got there and there's no flights on the board, no flights existed. Um, Wasn't that really weird? Didn't you think it was really strange? Man? There were wow, no it was strange. Yes, yeah. it was totally strange. I had, I had a couple of people in the domestic departure lounge, workers, looking at me strangely, thinking, what are you doing here? There's no flights. And, of course, I had one booked, which didn't exist, so it's really, really quite a strange Ooh. thing. Uh, there's no food. There's no drink. It's a dirty, okay. dingy departure lounge, the domestic one then in those days. And I sat down, uh, Benicia, and I thought to myself, what am I going to do now? Uh, I need to be in Varna. And then the door oh, opened. and. Even yeah. no? yeah, it's just strange, very strange, I have to say. And the door opened and this, this guy walks in and um, he was a taxi driver. And I thought, I'm not getting a taxi to Varna, it's going to cost a fortune. But anyway, <laughs> Reuters would have to pay. But anyway, um, he said, do you want to do some money exchange? Do you want to buy some local currency, Bulgarian currency, for dollars or pounds? He obviously wanted the hard currency. Yeah. So I feel that's a good idea. So I did some negotiation with this guy and ended up this great wad of money. It's a huge, great wad. And I thought, well, I've got a good deal there. Anyway, I sat down and I was in this departure lounge, Venetia, for five or six hours. When all wow. of a sudden I got Without any food. Without any no food, food. No drink, no water, absolutely nothing. And um, then I got a uh, wing that a flight was inbound and um, it was flying to Varna. Oh, okay. So anyway, it landed this, this old, old Russian Antonov-type aircraft, one, one of those aircraft that usually crash about one in five attempts, you know, very bad record, safety record. Oh, my God. And I thought, God, I don't want to get on this thing. Anyway, I rushed up to the counter along with a couple of other people who turned up, 
And one Bulgarian guy just beat me. He was obviously younger. I was thought I was quick enough to get there first. But anyway, he got before me, bought his ticket. I bought mine. And it was 56, I think their currency is a Libra or something. Anyway, their, their local currency, Bulgarian <laughs> currency. So I got my calculator out and what with the exchange rate I'd done. And it was three pounds for a flight. <laughs> I thought, wow. So I did it several times, same thing, three pounds. Anyway, cut a long story short, I got on this old plane and it was, I thought, oh, I'm not going to get off this alive. This is not going to, this is not going to, this is going to crash. But lo and behold, it got to Varna and I got off and I felt great. Got a taxi who tried to charge me £10. <laughs> I just paid £3 for a flight. But he's trying to yeah. charge me £10 to get to this, this hotel. I negotiated him down. To... <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So I negotiated him down to three, three English pounds, gave him three coins, actually, and he, he went off quite happy. Got to okay. the hotel, um, rebooked my return flight, thinking, well, I'm coming back in a week's time. So I rebooked, rebooked my return flight. 56 Libra again. And I tried to pay them in their local currency. And, of course, they didn't want that. They wanted dollars and pounds. And, and it came to $10. So I thought, well, still a cheap flight. Anyway, I was determined not to get this flight because it was a death trap. So um, anyway, the following day, I got invited by one of these organizations to uh, uh, get on a coach and go to this palace. Uh, remember, there's no food in the country at this time. I mean, it's just absolutely horrendous. So we're on this coach and we drove to this palace. And uh, on the way, go for towns. Yeah, it's a real palace. A real palace. And um, on the way, go through these streets, uh, looking into the shops. No, no food. Everyone's walking around, looked depressed. Got to this palace, and it's like an enchanted place. The huge gardens. Um, got off, went inside. Long tables laden with food. Caviar, you know wow. it was there, and all the all the wines were coming off of the vineyards that was part of this palace and was, was being served up. Wow. Uh, fantastic Bulgarian wine was amazing. Anyway, wandered around enjoying this ambience of this place, and this chap approached me, the infamous Mister Far. Mm. Yep, and uh, he said, he said, "Oh, my name is Mister Far. I'm an Eastern European businessman." And I looked at him strangely, but oh, well, nice to see you. And we were talking, and he said, oh, by the way, do you want me to show you around this place? Mr. Go uh, yeah. President Gorbachev from Russia was here mm -hmm. just six months previously. I can show you where, he's, where his room was, and so on and so forth. So anyway, he showed me around this palace, and we carried on drinking, and so on and so forth. Anyway, he said, um, uh, when are you going back to the UK? I said, well, I've got a flight back on Friday. He said, oh. I said, but I don't want to get it. It's an old Russian Antonov. Uh, the crash every one in five flights, you know, bad safety record. And he said, um, I said, I was even looking at trains. He said, well, don't get a train, you'll get mugged. It's really yeah. bad here. And it's all like these things. Bad, you could get mugged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he said, look, I'm going back to Sofia, um, from Varna, Sofia, um, on Friday. Oh, you can come with me on my plane. I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds different. like a great idea. He obviously liked me. I got on with him. We had carried on yeah. having a nice social session. It was fantastic. On the Friday, I went down with my luggage in the hotel. And there's these two honchos walked in, dressed just like mafiosa. And I thought to myself, they're not looking for me, I hope. And they come up to me and they said, is that Russell? I said, yes. Hello, I'm such and such. I'm such and such. Let me take your luggage. Mr. Farr's waiting for you outside. Right. So I thought, am I doing the right thing? I don't know who these guys are. Anyway, um, went outside and there's this huge, great zeal, what looked like a zeal, one of those, those um, 
uh, limousines that go around Moscow from mm -hmm. building to building with various dignitaries. And yeah. uh, Mr. Fire was inside. They put my luggage in the boot. I'm starting to get nervous now, as you can imagine. Oh, heavens <laughs> above, what am I doing? I'm starting to think about my wife at home, my late wife, my kids. Oh, my God, is this the last time I, I, I ever think about them? They opened the door. They applied. Got in. I sat in the middle. They sat on either side of me. I felt imprisoned. The one thing yeah. I did notice underneath their jackets, they had holsters and uh, um, you know, small armwear on them. Yeah. So I thought, this, yeah. is, this is an interesting thing now. Mm -hmm. Anyway, lo and behold, we got Mr. Files in the front with a driver, and we did get to Varna Domestic uh, Departure Lounge. And um, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, well, this is okay. We're here. And as I got out, they, they were next to me again. The jacket swung open. I could see a shooter inside, small arms. And uh, Mr. Files said to me, he said, oh, look, don't worry. Keep very close uh, to me and my men. He said, uh, they're armed. I said, yes, I know. I can see that. He said, um, keep very close. So if you look terrible. I mean... Oh, well, people are armed. I know these things yeah. happen to me all the time, Venetia. And he <laughs> said to me, um, he said, see the armed guards up by the, the entrance to the airport. I said, yeah, the machine guns. He, I said, yes. He said, as we approach, stay close. They put them down. They won't stop us. There'll be no security. We walk straight through the airport, out the, onto the runway and board my private Learjet. So I'm thinking, OK, this is good. So, lo and behold, we approached the armed guards, their machine guns went down, I stayed close. I'm still nervous, of course, walked through the airport, no one stopped us, no one's checking documents, straight out the other side, and there's his Learjet, engines running, tailgate down, um, and uh, ventured onto the aircraft. So, I sat down, Mr. Farr went into the cockpit with his co-pilot, I sat mm -hmm. down, the tailgate went up, it turned round, and immediately took off. None of this hanging around. Okay. Yeah, this guy, this guy so was somebody. He was VIP, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. He was somebody. And straight away, I started to think, this guy is uh, mafiosa. He said he was um, Eastern European businessman. But I'm thinking, no, no, no. no. He, he, this, he, this guy's a serious player. Yeah. Anyway, this lady appeared and said, would you like a drink? I said, oh, yes, please. Could I have a quadruple <laughs> Armagnac, please? So I needed a drink at this stage, I can tell you. Anyway, I still thought to myself, are we going to go to are we going to go to Sofia? Where am I heading for? Anyway, we landed at Sofia because Mr. Farr had said to me he was going there for a business trip and he was yeah. giving me a lift. Mm -hmm. As we got off the aircraft after it landed, I came down the tailgate and Mr. Farr came out. He waited for me. He said, lovely to see you, Russell. Thanks very much for your time. I really enjoyed your company. I said, likewise. Now, but bear in mind, I'd had a quadruple um, almanac at this time. So I asked him again. I said, so what do you do, Mr. Farr, as a business? Mm -hmm. He said, I cannot, I cannot explain my business to you. And he looked quite angry. And then my I said, God, goodbye. Yep. <laughs> I turned around, got onto the aircraft, and immediately took off. And I'm standing on the runway looking at the aircraft in the air thinking, so it just well, this, has, this, has this just happened? Yeah. Uh, well, it had, you see. It had happened. And I had my luggage and proceeded to walk into into the Sofia airport, the, the domestic lounge, to walk around to the international side. So it was a really quite a bizarre trip that was, I have to say. So exciting, scary, uh, and one of those little ventures in my life that happen from time to time. In fact, happen quite often, really. So it's just yeah, one of those nice little trips. Yeah, Unbelievable. Him. It's, it's incredible. And uh, but, but Never seen him again I, since. Yeah, exactly.
Um, so you know, it's just like from from a movie. That's what I'm thinking of. It's not. It doesn't <laughs> really happen in real life. No, it's a Hollywood sketch, isn't it? And it's, it's and even yeah. now when I think about it, I think, did that really happen? Of course it did. And um, even now, I think heavens, you know, and the things that have happened to me since then, anywhere in my life, you know, it's it's sort sort of normal. Um, really, it happens to me as I say all the time. But I look back at that moment and I started to think about my, my late wife then, who obviously was alive, and my kids. And I'm thinking, if only they knew what, I, uh, what things I get up to when I'm away with Reuters working. Yeah. It's quite incredible, you know. Apart from sitting in the hotel bar at Varna drinking with these Russian guys, that yeah. was something else as well on the vodkas. And all these things you have to do, because I, I was there to uh, be part of a Forex exhibition and a foreign ex exchange. Okay. So yeah. meeting Russians, meeting Mongolians, stand duty, this infamous Mr. Farr, uh, and uh, all these good things. So it was exciting, yeah. exciting trip. And you all also had an episode in Warsaw, was it, uh, the year before, where ah. someone rifled to your head, and so that was another yes. very Same dangerous year. episode and very exciting as well. And uh, Oh, heavens, yeah. Well, I had to go to Poland, I had to go to Warsaw. Now, bear in mind that the, the wall was still up at this time. Um, yeah. This was about 1989, I think, just before the mm -hmm. wall had come down. And I was always okay. told to be very cagey when you go to Eastern European countries, Russian, the old Russian Federation, the Russian bloc. Uh, don't tell people who you are, what you're doing. Um, be very cagey. Well, I actually went through and I actually let my guard down. And I said I worked for Reuters. And as soon as I said that, I knew I'd made a mistake. This is a passport control. And if you see the guy behind the counter with his arm movement, obviously pushed a button. Without, without, within seconds, I had two armed uh, police guys, uh, guards, one left, one right, both pointing rifles at my head. And I thought to myself, this, is, this isn't good. You know, this is a situation that has to be resolved very quickly. So I stepped into my James Bond mode, really, and was very calm, very English, very cool, and uh, managed to talk myself out of it. But whether they followed me after that through Poland, probably had somebody following me, I'm sure. Um, that was that was that story. But again, you know, having rifles pointed at you like that, it's a very scary thing, I have to say. Yeah, would doesn't happen so. too often. And there so were loads of too, were real. Yeah. How was the reception when, you know, when you said you, you are from Reuters? So it was very chilly, I suppose, very well, harsh. Yeah, very chilly, very cold. Um, because straight away they thought, ah, you're a spy, you're uh, here to do news reports, you're here to gain information about us, our Russian Federation. You know, Poland was part of that federation at that time, the Eastern Bloc, the war was still yeah. So very suspicious of Westerners, you know, coming into Eastern Europe at that time. Um, and uh, any, any mistake, and you were, you know, you were, you were brought down. And, um, and I'm sure I was followed, without doubt. I had someone yeah. tailing me. Um, so that was a bit of an interesting trip too. It all seems to happen to me, I tell you, Venetia. It's one of those <laughs> things. Um, so another exciting trip. Feel? How did you feel about having all those adventures? Were you, or were you not scared? Well, I think yeah, fear comes into all of these things. You, are, it is a scary moment. For me to turn around and say I wasn't scared would be would be a lie. It'd be wrong. Um, but like in all these situations, you have to stand very calm and very cool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. that's where my um, my James Bond style of, of approach comes in quite nicely. It helps. Very assured speech, very relaxed in my body movement, making sure that I don't give anything away in terms of, you know, body movement at all, read the situation well. 
Um, don't look away from them. When you talk, speak into their eyes, look at them. Try and transfer some nerve into them as well. But, you know, I uh, managed to talk myself out of it, which was, which was a good situation. Um, but, yeah. What, when I thought to myself, I don't want this to happen again. It's a scary, one of those scary moments. And it hasn't since. I've never had that in an airport again um, or any, in, any, in any country. I don't wish yeah. to have it either, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think yeah, that's experience, an, isn't it? Such an experience, yeah. Experiencing the, the Cold War and uh, the Eastern Bloc at that time, how it was. Life was so different in those countries. Oh, that people very, in very. Western countries can't actually imagine what life was like. Yeah. No, and if you if you look at what happened in the in the east and the west, two different complete cultures. You know, yeah. when the wall went down in Germany in Berlin, you could see the different in style of buildings. One being very nice and eloquent, bright and cheerful on the west side, grey and depressing on the east. You know, yeah. um, um, people you know happy and cheerful on one side, depressed and demoralised on the other side. Yeah, you know, they, they, it was a strange strange time, very strange time. But when the wall went down and we officially got under the Cold War, uh, that was good for the world, wasn't it, at that time? Which it was like it now, really. The world's going crazy again, as we all know. But um, Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, madness. Absolute madness, isn't it? But, yeah, that was the start of a good time, wasn't it, then? Um, you know, the Margaret Thatcher years. Um, I did return to Warsaw, actually, a, a short while ago, a few years ago, on a business yeah, trip. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. Completely different time. Completely different uh, experience. But what I did have, when I went into Hotel Bristol with a colleague of mine, there was something going on in the, in the city. I think some kind of convention, um, government convention, because there's a lot of armed police around. Actually, men sitting in in, in cars with balaclavas on, obviously armed, top troops, and okay. uh, they had this this airport. Um, scanning device uh, that you had to walk through to get into Hotel Bristol. And my friend at the time, uh, he said to me, Russell, Michael, his name was, he said, Russell, we won't get in. I said, leave it with me. We will get in. We're going to go and have a gin and tonic. Okay. So I walked, we walked through, and I was usual, James Bond style, nice and reserved and nicely spoken, um, managed to get through. And uh, they, they searched us and got into the hotel. And Michael said to me, how the hell do you do this, Russell? I said, yeah. don't worry, it's going to have a nice gin and tonic. Walked into the bar of Hotel Bristol, and you know what's above the bar? A huge portrait of Margaret Thatcher. Can you imagine? Our former Prime Minister, the wonderful Margaret Thatcher, perched yeah. in, a, in a Polish hotel, the Hotel Bristol, in the middle of Warsaw. So I did ask the question, what is uh, the Iron Lady doing above the bar? And they said, oh... We've got a story to tell you there. I said, go on, I'm interested. It says, well, when she used to come here for her political, you know, conventions, um, she used to stay here in this hotel. It's as simple as that. So they immortalised her by putting the picture of her above yeah. the hotel bar. But what a lovely story. Fantastic. That's one of my enjoyable trips to Warsaw. So, yeah, these things happen all the time. It's great. It, it, makes, life, it, make, it makes the adventure of life very interesting. Because you just turn the corner, you just don't know what you're going to find next. So it's quite an important thing. It's lovely. It makes life so well, interesting. You've got so many adventures like that in the book. And um, mm. so we would urge our readers to grab the book, sit down, oh, have a oh. cup of coffee or tea, and just enjoy the book, enjoy the adventures. Absolutely. Learn more about different cultures, countries Absolutely. that they never knew about. And uh, 
how lifestyle is different or used to be different in the 90s. Yes, and it was too. Yes, get a copy of my book now, My Way, by Lord Russell Baker. It's on um, Amazon, which you can buy uh, in both uh, uh, softback and as, as well as an electronic copy. Um, so they're available there. Or get in touch with me personally at russell at, at norfolklord.co.uk where you can purchase a nice signed quality hard book copy. So uh, variations, hard book, soft book, as well as the uh, electronic versions as well. Yes, Kindle version. All, yes. Good. all good. And I hope our listeners are happy to purchase a copy and yes. uh, subscribe also to the podcast because every fortnight we're going to talk about new episodes so that you will have an insight into all the adventures of, of a book and uh, learn more about the Lord Russell way. Absolutely. And probably more stories as we venture too, because there's always things happening in my life. So, you know, let's make it real as well. Absolutely. Can't wait for the next episode already. It's exciting. That's exciting. And we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. So please have a look, subscribe and listen to the next episode. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much, Lord Russell. Thank you very much, Venetia. Have a lovely afternoon and we'll speak soon. We will indeed. Take care, Venetia. Lovely to speak to you again. Take care. Goodbye to the listeners. Take care. Bye-bye.